It was a chilly day in November when the newspaper hit the doors and porches of London residents. This day was really not all that different from all the previous ones. It was chilly, it was foggy, and the scare of disease was in the air. A strain of coronavirus had been ripping through the public at large, a disease that would go on to kill roughly 0.067% of the world's population. So as people started waking up, eating their eggs and biscuits, and sitting down to read their newspapers, readers of the Pall Mall Gazette found something that gave them reason to be excited. In a world racked with the threat of a global pandemic, there were plenty of things to be scared about, but not a lot to give them hope. But in this day's edition, there was an interesting advertisement of a remedy. This was a remedy so powerful it was said to last one family several months, and it would render that family 100% protected from any strain of any disease. The company was so confident in its cure, it promised to give 100 pounds to anyone that used it three times a week, three times a day, for two weeks, and still somehow, against all odds, contracted that virus. What was the product? That is probably the most curious part of this entire affair. It was a very simple, albeit slightly strange remedy involving a rubber ball with an open tube, open tube on top, just the right size for insertion into a human's nostril. The user would insert this tube into his or her nose and then squeeze the rubber ball. Their nose would immediately begin running and it was thought that this was the virus packing its bags and leaving the infected's body. Inside each ball was powdered carbolic acid, also known as phenol, a substance that smells sweet and is used worldwide for all kinds of things, including antiseptic throat spray and paint strippers. In other words, it's utterly useless as a cure for a virus of the lungs, but it's great for binding plastics and preparing cosmetics. So in a world struck with fear, cashing in on that fear is an effective way to make a quick buck or in the case of our episode today, a quick billion. Welcome to Reason to Panic, the only podcast out there for the worried mind. We give you a new reason to panic each week, so you never have to worry about running out of reasons to panic. Welcome to today's episode, and boy, do we have a whopper for you today. Mm. Today's episode is all about false advertising. <laughs> Wanted to welcome our usual suspects. First, we have a man of many words and many beard hairs. How are you doing this morning, Tyler? I, I'm good. Um, you sent me the article, and I'm wondering if I might have gone a slightly different direction than where you were planning. So this will be interesting. <laughs> oh, we'll see. I doubt it. Um, <laughs> we also have... Eli Bowman, a man with a deep voice in a shallow sea of baritones and tenors. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm trying to figure out if Tyler has more words or more beard hairs per episode, but I, it's really yet to be determined. I, that, that's going to require some analysis, but I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, man. So I'm curious, Tyler, what article did I send you? <laughs> you sent me, um, pull up the one you sent. Was it the one from the Epic Times? During pandemic, yeah, about, China outside of mm -hmm. millions of counterfeit masks. That's it. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> I, at least, at least we're, we're off to the right start. 
So we all we all did the same homework. Okay, good. Just making sure because we'd have an interesting episode if that were the case. That that would that would be a first. That would be a first time on the show that we weren't all doing the same homework. Oh, that would be so much. It fun. would. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that next time. I'm going to send you both different articles <laughs> privately. <laughs> oh. I, I know that would be fun for us. I wonder how much fun that would be for our listeners, though. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they'd get a good. They did get a kick out of it. Yeah, sure. Oh man, this is the reason I use that story is because it's slightly related. I mean, the the company knew it wouldn't work, and they still send it out as something that I mean, China does stuff like this all the time. So, um, but really, kind of the crux of of what I was looking at, at least at the top of that article that I sent you, is that um, China accounted for 51% of all counterfeit imports from October 2019 to October 30th, um, 2020, um, according to the CBP, which is the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. So China's sending us like over half of of all the counterfeit stuff that we get in the country. Well, you mean COVID-related stuff? Yes, COVID-related stuff. I don't know what the actual percentage is because there's it's they send us so much counterfeit stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably, yeah, who knows? If, If you take all the stuff, not just COVID stuff, but all the things, it probably is similar to 51%, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I just use electronics sometimes from China, and they, they, don't, they don't work well or they don't last long. And I think we've gone through um, four sets of headphones for my kids in the last two weeks. Um, granted, <laughs> we're not paying a lot of money for them, but they are, they are made in China. Oh, yeah. And you're lucky that they say they're made in China. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not, right. I'm not saying everything made in China is bad, but maybe 51% of it's bad. Well, I was looking at um, foxbusiness.com, and uh, in my research, I came across uh, Operation Megaflex. Did you guys see that anywhere? No. Educate it was under. It was under the Trump administration to try and cut down on counterfeits. And so this article was written in, let me find the date, uh, September 23rd of last year. And right here it says, over the course of the of 14 monthly blitz operations, so it started in June of 2019, over the course of 14 monthly blitz operations, a decidedly unlucky 13% of the made in China packages inspected have contained a type of counterfeit product or other contraband that can defraud harm or even kill americans so there you go 13 percent. okay that's probably more realistic when it comes to all the things jeez <laughs> i've got more what so we'll try to do we'll, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> i mean <laughs> we can just start with the article itself so they sent 12.7 million counterfeit fit masks at least to to the united states last last year and that included the what the m3 masks and the I don't even, the, the, they just, all of the, 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 the masks that were supposed to be good. And then um, over almost 180,000 prohibited COVID tests. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there was, I remember hearing this, and, and, and I guess our listeners should know, it, this, I don't think this episode is about China's imports into our country as much as it is about you know, the COVID-related stuff. Um, but this is just a really big deal because the information that we're given by the media, by the CDC, uh, by other parts of the government. We generally, as a people, we kind of take this as scripture when it comes to this pandemic. I mean, we are a people who are conditioned to listen to our, you know, who we perceive to be the experts 
in different fields. And when it comes to this pandemic, we're listening to the White House, we're listening to the CDC, we're listening to our state governors, and we're just kind of doing what we're told. Am I wrong on this? And so if the information and the products aren't accurate, it's it's kind of a big deal because the actions that we're taking and the products that we're using, they they inform and mold the narrative that exists here. So when we have bunk masks and bunk tests, that directly affects our day-to-day lives. So this is a really serious, this is an issue that is very real and is a legitimate reason to panic. It belongs on this show. <laughs> Although also, you know, re- things that aren't very good reasons to panic also fit on this show. So you never know what you're going to get any given week. Yeah. Every once in a while we do something relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my point is that China is very, very directly um, and intentionally informing our, our narrative here in, in the States when it, when it comes to this, this pandemic. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, with the masks alone, it's so hard to detect, like they'll print other companies logos on them. And then they'll print "Made in the USA," mm. and then and then they'll send it over here through a back door from some other Chinese supplier in the United States and sell it as that stuff. And the you know the companies that their logos are they never see a dime of it. Not that they would want that money because it's it's uh, it's tainted. But they they make millions and billions of dollars every year on stuff like this. I am looking at an image of um, this is from um, the. Uh, Actually, it was from like a, a police department in Chicago, but they're they're talking about in a case in Cincinnati. And, and Randall, you were probably going to go here. There, I'm looking at this mask that's counterfeit. On the mask, first of all, it looks extremely like medical. It looks very official. It looks very you know high end mask type of thing that you would see a surgeon wear or something. It says 3M on it. Now, 3M is one of the largest corporations in in, the, in America. And it has all of the 3M logo, and, and it has it printed directly on the mask, but also on the packaging. It, it, and these are the these are N95 masks, like the top of the line stuff. And everything looks so legit. The only tell is that the model on the box is an Asian guy. So, but 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 3M could have done that too. I mean, it it just. It's it's so there's they've gotten so good at counterfeiting that it's you could never just take the eyeball test and know for sure that it's a counterfeit. <laughs> you could you really can't. I mean, you you look at this thing. If you're looking at the image I am right now, you would swear up, down, left, and right that this is a legitimate mask from 3M, and that it's an, a proper N95 mask. But you'd be wrong. Yeah. And I mean, and with this problem alone, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of troubling things that could go with this. I mean, we're talking about people putting their, like you said, Eli, (laughs) believing that that X is going to help with Y and then wearing Z that's completely unrelated and and not anything like it, it, it affects lives on so many levels. And, and, and this is, I mean, the stuff that comes in from China is such a bigger problem than just the COVID stuff. Um, because they're, you know, they're shipping all kinds of things, but they, they are, they're literally <laughs> worldwide. They're, they're, they're hurting people all over the place. And it's because it's easy and because nobody does anything to China because it's China. Well, mm-hmm. and China, from the articles I was reading, they don't really care to regulate uh, any of their 
their counterfeit or, or copyright or trademark infringements at all. Most of their time is spent on, on controlling uh, the information that's distributed within China about the governmental system and, you know, their activities and stuff. But go ahead and build yourself a fake BMW and name it whatever you want. And who cares? We're just going to let that roll. Like, it's, that's just, that's how they are. So have you guys heard of diethylene glycol? Yes. <laughs> so if you haven't, it's an industrial solvent and a major ingredient in antifreeze. And it's also the same color as, um, let's see, is it glycer? Is it glycol or glycerin? It's like the main ingredient that they put in kids' cough syrups to, to keep it consistent. And so it's, it's glycerin. And, and China's been shipping out diethylene glycol all over the world in cough syrups and calling it 99.5% pure glycerin. And they've been killing, like, kid, kids have been dying all over the world. And so this kind of ties into the fact that they're hurting people, but also what you said, Tyler. So when 88 people died in Haiti in the 90s, it was children. They died in, in a in a hotel, or not in a hotel, in a in a in a hospital. Um, investigators traced the poison back to uh, Manchuria, and they tried to visit the the suspected manufacturer, and they were blocked by Chinese officials for a whole year. But they eventually got permission, and when they got there, the plant had been moved. And its records had been destroyed. And the Chinese authorities were like, I don't know. I mean, something happened. But so, like, they, they have absolutely no accountability and they can do everything that they want to do. It's just insane. It, they, it, and, and the way that they're, that they're making these things, at least one of the way they're making these things, and this is in the article in the Epic Times that, that we're kind of, that, that's the anchor of our episode today is this forced this forced labor aspect. So not only is it counterfeit, but it says here that um Beijing has detained more than more than 1 million ethnic Muslims including um I can't pronounce these words, but basically uh, people that are that are native to like Eastern Europe. So, a Uyghur. Okay. Yeah, well, there's three. There's three names here. I just oh, okay. can't. I can't pronounce yeah. them. Um, <laughs> it has has detained more than a million ethnic Muslims in internment camps in Xinjiang, and detainees are subject to forced labor, torture, and political indoctrination. So, China is saying that oh, these aren't uh, these aren't labor uh, uh, these aren't forced labor camps. These are vocational training centers. Yeah, yeah, that's what they are. So not only are these products bunk, but they're being made on the backs of um, political political prisoners. It's pretty awful. It is, and because China won't regulate it, the the states and and the nations of the world are are left to have to kind of figure it out for themselves. So reading just a little bit past the excerpt that uh, Eli just mentioned. In August of last year, a U.S. company was fined $575,000 for, for importing stevia powder and derivatives that were made by prison labor in China. Um, so one of the things that happened under the Trump administration is he imposed these, these massive penalties. And uh, so big corporations like Walmart and Amazon, just to name a few of them, they're now having to police where things are being sourced from and pay more attention uh, to make sure we're not bringing in things that are potentially harmful or that are, are created under conditions that were just mentioned. <laughs> Y'all, 
this is so ridiculous. I know it is, and and, and it makes me wonder, you know, what amount, what amount of regulation, what amount of 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 trade law, can really stop this this practice? You know, what 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 is what's it going to take to stop China from from importing this type of these types of products? It, that are literally killing people. And, and you know, Randall, you mentioned the, the, the cough syrup. Um, how do we fix this? I mean, how is this remedied? And maybe that's not the point of this episode, but it does make me wonder because it's, it's related to my panic <laughs> or my reason to panic, how to put an end to this. And then maybe it's, you know, it's one thing to do it on a national scale. Maybe there are certain levels of regulation, and I'm not a big fan of regulation. I think it can cause more problems than it solves. So there's that scale, but then there's also the the individual scale, right? So I suppose I could grow my own food. I could, you know, vet the products that I buy. So I, I suppose as a as a consumer here, I'm empowered to inform myself, um, at least to the best of my ability. To the things that I'm buying and consuming. So I, I suppose it takes some work, but it's possible to, on a personal level, mitigate your exposure to these bunk products. Um, but on a national level, it's a lot more complex. Well, yeah, and you're literally having to take on China. <laughs> like, nope, nope, nobody takes on, like, even the United States doesn't want to take on China. Not really. I mean, we put in our sanctions and stuff, but that's the first time that that's really ever happened. We just, China is such a difficult animal to deal with because they're so big and they have so much influence. Like they're, they're invested everywhere. Everybody owes China money and there's yeah. all kinds of things yeah. that make it difficult to deal with China. Like on a, on a case by case basis with individual consumers that, that, that helps that individual consumer, but like stopping China, like the world would, would literally have to boycott them. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and a lot of times I think what, 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 what's happening is people in America, I think that, and it's just human nature, I think that we view China through our American lens. So we think that maybe it's impossible, some of us think it's impossible for the Chinese government to do certain things because, well, that would never happen here in America. And unfortunately, that's, an, that's a misinformed way to look at, at international trade. Um, particularly with China, uh, know that the government there will do things that our government here will not do because it's a different world over there as far as w the value set. So what is acceptable here, or, what, or rather what is acceptable there would never be acceptable here in many cases. Um, and we have to make sure that we're informed in that way. So, you know, to China, uh, and the government of China, and, and I say this because they've repeatedly done this, they are more than willing to cut corners. They're more than willing to be dishonest in order to benefit their country. So their self-interest truly comes first. And very, very rarely do we see um, like a humanitarian side to the Chinese government. And if we do, it's usually very surface level and still is uh, relatively self-serving. At the <laughs> I was... Tyler, are you there? I am still here. Yes, I, okay. I'm, I'm unnaturally quiet this episode. But like I said, I, I, I prepared I, slightly, I slightly off. So, so it turns out this episode maybe Tyler has more beard hairs than he does words. Maybe that's I think that's that's the verdict. Maybe there is the there is the irony to that this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Shoot. but you know, going to 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 the the direction of of where the conversation is headed. 
the thing that's interesting with China is, uh, Eli, to your point of people going in and humanitarian efforts being self-serving, it's hard to go into a country and provide any real valuable good when they have the proverbial Great Wall of China all the way around their borders and you only see what they want you to see and, and go where they want you to go. Like, do we really even know all of the details of what's going on in China? I, I don't even think we know a fraction of, of what it is. And, and how can you help somebody like that um, without having to have an invasion force that goes in and says, we're going to topple your government so that we can fix all of these problems? It's just, it's the big elephant in the room. Right. It is. And then, and by the way, if, if, if you wanted another reason to panic, fellas, further down in this article, um, ICE um, and uh, the, the, the CBP and the LAPD, they seized a bunch of counterfeit Viagra pills, um, among, among some other items too, but you know, worth more than $32 million. This was at the Long Beach seaport in LA. So guys, if you're, if you're relying on the little blue pill to, to have a good time, then I hope you didn't buy it from, uh, <laughs> I hope you didn't get anything, um, that was a uh, suspect. So, uh, good luck. I so wish you, you to watch out. if you have a counterfeit Viagra. Watch out for condoms and Viagra from uh, Asia. So <laughs> that's a reference to another episode. If y'all haven't heard the one on condoms, there you go. Go check that one out. That's right. Oh boy. Oh, now I'm going to have to go back to my therapist <laughs> just because it was referenced. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, I, I'm actually really curious what you researched, Tyler. I mean, we've got time. <laughs> what, what, what did you get? Like, where did you go? What, what rabbit hole did you jump into? And, and where did you pop out? <laughs> give, give us the juice, Tyler. <laughs> well, so, you know, the, 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 the article originally made it sound like it was going to be, you know, COVID related masks. And then as Eli's already mentioned, you go down and it talks about Viagra. And it, then it talks about like Versace belts and uh, headphones and things, right? So I just started following um, counterfeit stuff. Actually, what I, what I specifically searched for was unabashed counterfeits from China. So I was like, what, what stuff are they just like not even hiding the fact that they're trying to, um, that they're trying to uh, counterfeit or, or, or falsify? And so again, going back to this Fox Business article, uh, it says right here about, oh, where'd it go? Um, I wanna make sure I get the number right because it's a big one. All right here. Every single day, about 700,000 small made in China parcels pour into America. So we're getting a lot of stuff from China. So what's in there? Well, according to, the uh, Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol, it breaks into four different categories of discrepancies. So about a third of the made in China contraband is counterfeit. So that's going to be Rolex watches, Apple earbuds, uh, Louis Vuitton bags, et cetera, right? The second major category is assorted drug paraphernalia, along with deadly narcotics such as fentanyl, methamphetamine, and oxycodone. Uh, then, of course, there are the various fake documents like driver's licenses, passports, police badges, uh, things like that, that are eerily realistic. 
Um, but then you can also get guns or silencers or automatic weapons from the con uh, communist China as well. So, you know, if you're on the lookout for a, a submachine gun, you can buy that. Um, and this one was fun. I sent this one to you guys <laughs> as an excerpt. June 2020. CBP specialists intercepted a made-in-China package containing 13 unsealed bags filled with vials of blood, plasma, and human urine, all believed to be infected with STDs and STIs, such as gonorrhea, chlamydia, and hepatitis. Oh. So, that's fun. Oh. The first question that comes to mind when you sent that to me, I was just thinking, for what purpose? Just 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 why? Just why? Uh, you know. Uh, and that's but, and that's verified, Tyler. That that was very I mean, because that sounds like it just sounds like a high school prank, like on a really scary level. It really does. Uh, actually, t I, I told that to my wife, and, and she said, are you sure they didn't just intercept the local uh, blood bank donation from California? Because you can donate with that stuff now. So, um, but no, that's that's legit. <laughs> it must wow. have been an address to Gitmo, I think. Jeez. <laughs> so... But but this one was my absolute favorite, so I'll share this one, and and because I I could keep going, I found I found all sorts of fun stuff that came out of China. But uh, you know, we've talked about the doom and gloom of the COVID, and you know, we brought up the nasty of the gonorrhea and chlamydia. But but this one was I found comical. Harry Potter, right? Worldwide phenomenon. Uh, J.K. Rowling, the first billionaire on a book alone, right? So um, China, they got it, and and they were just absolutely enamored by the books. And so um, they've got counterfeit books, which I didn't know was a thing. And they've got some phenomenal titles here. So I'll tell you what they are here in just a second. But uh, this comes from the, the, the Bar Montpelier Times Argus online, February 26th of 2021. So, you know, a fairly recent article. Um, Chinese readers could not wait to, for the official release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the much-anticipated seventh concluding book in the series. Um, but, oh wait, I gave you the wrong, it, sorry, this makes more sense. October 27, 2018. My, my apologies, wrong, wrong date. Anyway, but unlike fidgety fans elsewhere, they could do something about it. A book with the same title came out a full 10 days before the official worldwide English language release on July 21 a wholly unauthorized version that bears nothing in common with the instant bestseller written by J.K. Rowling. So they've written this counterfeit book. And then people have loved it so much that you've got publishers that are publishing counterfeits. And so here's some of the titles that they have, that they've uh, published. Harry Potter and the Half-Blooded Relative Prince. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Hiking Dragon. Harry Potter and the Chinese Empire. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Harry, Harry Potter and the Young Heroes. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter and the, Le the Leopard Walk Up to Dragon. Harry Potter and the Big Funnel. Harry Potter and the Porcelain Doll. So we've got all these. But this is, this, this is the piece de resistance of this whole, whole, whole article. So this, this dad um, reads all six books to his son. And they can't wait for the seventh book. So his dad spent an hour in the morning and an hour at night for months. And he wrote a 250,000-word novel, the final version of which he placed recently on websites, 
followed by a notice saying he was looking for publishers. So he writes this novel, right? Here's some of the reviews for this novel. This one from uh, Gu Guy. This is fantastic. Um, I wonder if Rowling would bother to continue to write if she had read it. <laughs> Another e reader, even more breathless. You are the pride of our Harry Potter, Harry Potter fans. We expect you to go on to write Harry Potter number eight, which he has started to work to write, but no publication company has picked it up yet. So, well, anyway, that's that's the rabbit hole I went down. It's just counterfeit stuff. And have you seen have you have, seen the Devil Wears Prada? Yes, I have. Okay, that part where um, Meryl Streep's character. Uh, you know, is reaching out, is, is basically kind of barking at Anne Hathaway's character, who's her assistant. That's, you know, basically saying, I need the next Harry Potter. I need the next Harry Potter book. And it hadn't <laughs> been released yet. And, and Anne Hathaway's character's like, it, it, it's not available. I, I, I can't, I don't have it. Long story short, uh, she ends up getting a copy of it. And it just made me think that I wonder if it was Chinese or ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. I came to mind. Oh, that's but so that's funny. wild stuff. This episode ended up being a lot about China. <laughs> well, that's that was what I was hoping. Okay, just because <laughs> I think China deserves it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes me. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll rate it, but uh, it just it makes me wonder why people ever believe any number China ever gives them. Like the news will pick and they'll pick and choose numbers that they want to believe from China that they think are relevant, and but no one should ever believe a single number from China. Yeah, like I said, I think I think I think our view is colored by our own culture, and that that's our, that's kind of human nature. But I think when we're if we can get a little bit more informed, um, I think that the trust level in China will certainly plummet to really where it belongs, because it they're pretty me. they they engage in a lot of unsavory activity, a tremendous. I think amount. every every lawyer joke you've ever heard, you can replace the word lawyer with China and get the same laugh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know China is lying? <laughs> Their mouths are moving. Like it's the same thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start with you, Eli. Let's let's rate this, and we could just rate it on its face value. How how scary is it that China can import at will whatever the heck they want? It's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. I'm 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 gonna go. I'm gonna go with um. Gosh, I'm gonna go with 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 an eight. And here's why. It's Ooh. dangerous. I mean, th yeah, that's high. And the thing is, is I, I sort of knew that China was up to no good. But this episode and preparing for it did kind of open my eyes a little bit more to just how bad it really is. I mean, you, you've got seized products out in L.A. You've got seized toys and stuff with, um, with, with unsafe chemicals in it, kids stuff being seized in New York. So it's coming from both coasts. And it's scary because you don't know exactly – what you like what's what in your house right now was made in china like do you know i mean can you like point at all at all the things and say that's made in china that's made in china that isn't that isn't the only thing i can verify is that my kids were not made in china <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah I, well i hope i can you know maybe i should take a test but um <laughs> i'm pretty sure of that too but uh but anyway so i'm going to give it an eight because not only do I not know everything in my house that's made in China, but even the stuff that doesn't say it's made in China might be made in China. Even the stuff that says made in the USA might be made in China. Now, and this is the last thing I'll say, 
even though it says made in China, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. But let me tell you, I look at those things differently now, because what if it's made with unsafe materials? What if it was made in these labor camps by these political prisoners? So it's an eight for me. Solid eight, not budging. <laughs> I'll take an eight. What about you, Tyler? I think I'd have to probably rate this one really high as well for a lot of the reasons that Eli mentioned. Uh, how can we as consumers really know, right? Like when they're they're just going so far as to print made in the US of A on their stuff, you, you know, it used to be that's what you do. You, you Like my grandpa was always, don't buy that, that Chinese crap, right? And you flip it over and you look and it says made in USA. Okay, I'm safe. Um, and it's it's everything. It's it's legit legitimately everything can be made in China. And the thing that's really scary about it is that we've allowed it. I mean, how much of our stuff that we manufacture here or that we sell here ethically in the United States, we've allowed China a part of the manufacturing process just because it's cheap. And so they have everything. Like I, I went to um, I had to buy a chainsaw. And so I was at the store looking at a still chainsaw made here in uh, Pennsylvania, I think is where still is out of. And I get talking with the guy and he was like, well, you know, you can get the still and it's 350 bucks for, for the one that I ended up getting. Or he says, we've got this other one, the, the still, uh, their uh, trademark expired, not the China cares, but their trademark expired. So the, the templates, the dyes went open to the market, China bought them and they have a still chainsaw that's not a still. And he said, that one's 200 bucks. It's $150 cheaper for seemingly exactly the same thing because it came off of the same, the same uh, uh, molds, the same dyes, right? And so I, I kind of went back yeah. and forth on it a little bit. And I, I berate myself now for even, you know, giving myself the moment to consider it. And then it was like, just because it came off of the same process and the same size cuts and everything doesn't mean that the the ethics of manufacture doesn't mean that the quality control doesn't mean those other things were in place and so i ended up buying the american made still and felt better about myself after for having done it but but that's what's really scary about this idea of counterfeit product because that one at least new came from china everything else how do you know and and that's i mean that's potentially dangerous stuff Can you imagine if a chainsaw blew apart on you while you're chopping down a tree that ends badly in case you're not, you're not sure. Um, so I'm going to rate it about the same. I'm going to go probably a seven and a half on, on uh, illicit or illegal counterfeit imports from China. <clears throat> Sounds good. I mean, I, I can't disagree. It'd be hard uh, unless I play devil's advocate. But even when I did, I find myself still rating it like a, an eight. So maybe not. Um, but China, as one last note, China is literally propping up the opioid addiction pandemic in the U.S. They have 160,000 companies in China, estimated, that can produce and export fentanyl, which is <laughs> more addictive than heroin. And Jeez. it's so light and addictive, they, can, they just literally send it in, in, in mail to people all of the time. And it's so hard to find. They're just literally doing whatever they want. And, and sending fentanyl is like printing money. Like, you... you it costs three thousand three thousand dollars to make you you end up getting like one point five million off of that investment. It's just immediate. Wow. And so I hate the fact that China can do what it's doing and it scares the tar out of me. 
Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I would rather buy crappy American products, <laughs> even if I compared it to a Chinese <laughs> product and saw the Chinese product was dem- demonstrably better. I, I, I still, just because there's so many bad things. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm going to rate it a little bit higher because China, there's so much we don't know. Like we talked about all these huge numbers and we don't even know half of it. I'm guessing mm-hmm. maybe more. That's right. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to give it a nine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> because wow. it's just, it's frustrating and it's, it's there and, and people are getting hurt all of the time. So holy cow. <laughs> lawyer jokes aside, I, I just, I, I can't trust China. I just can't. Never have, never will. And now I trust them even less. And I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it's, I think to be clear, you know, our listeners should know, this in no way is a reflection on any Chinese person, you know, it, it, that, that we know. Sure. It's just, it's the government of China and, and the corporate practices that are allowed to happen there that go unchecked. It's a real problem. Oh my God. Yeah, China is a capital C and is always talking about their government and how they allow things to happen. Anyways, that that's a wrap. This went a little bit longer, um, but I don't mind. I mean, this this, this was a good episode. Um, in the comments section, tell us the craziest thing that you have ever gotten that said name Thai. Like the, the craziest thing that you've ever seen purchased. And that'd be great. I think that'll be fun discussion. Um, but otherwise, like us on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else you, you get a you get our podcast or Facebook, and, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Stay right there